to Heather Solves Everything, a how-to-do show where Heather takes credit for making the world a better place by introducing you to people who actually are. I used to think that I was a good person, then I met these folks. Wow. Welcome back, guys. You've made it to another episode of Heather Solves Everything. This is Coach Healthy Heather, and I'm so glad that you joined us here today. This is the show where I take credit for making the world a better place by introducing you to people who actually are. It's a problem-solving show, and we are solving a problem today that over half of people, I think probably even more than that, in the workforce are dealing with. Some people blame COVID. Some people say it was a problem way before we got on the roller coaster of 2020. Some people say it's not a big deal. Just suck it up. Deal with it. But the World Health Organization says it is an occupational phenomenon. Can you guess what we're talking about today? They say that burnout is a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. Feelings of energy depletion, increased mental distance, reduced professional efficacy. Do these words define you? Listen up. We're solving the problem of workplace burnout today. And my guest is my good friend, Mary Barley. She is the Employee Wellbeing Coordinator for Leon County Government and Executive Director of Working Well, a nonprofit organization based here in Tallahassee that helps design and deliver employee well-being programs for the community. We are going to be talking today about employee burnout, how it happens, how you know if it's happening to you, and most importantly, what to do about it. Welcome to the show, Mary. Uh, thanks for having me, Heather. I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> All right. So are you ready to solve some problems, Mary? I'm ready to try. Let's get into it. Okay, so when I think of the word burnout, I think of just completely exhausted, over it, can't get excited about anything anymore. Kind of the same um, characteristics of depression. But from in your perspective as an as an employee well-being professional, tell us what burnout really is. Well, you know, I I feel the same way as you do. I think there are a lot of common um, things between depression and burnout. Uh, some of the things that happen when employees are burned out is that their performance goes down, their relationships suffer, they get uh, different kinds of health issues. We were just talking beforehand about stress-creating headaches, fevers, fatigue. That's the same thing that happens with burnout. Um, They're very unhappy with their jobs. And, you know, I just was listening to a video before I came today that said only 30% of employees are engaged. And so from an employer's perspective, it really hurts the company because you've got employees that come to work that aren't engaged. And then there's a loss of personal happiness. You know, people just aren't happy and they certainly don't look forward to coming to work and they watch the clock to see whenever they can leave. So it's definitely not good for the employer. It's definitely not good for the employee. And it has been going on a long time. I was exasperated by the recession and now by COVID. Um, but it's something that employers need to be concerned about for their performance. And employees need to be concerned about it more for their health than anything else and happiness. Yeah, burnout is more than just being in a rut. You know, it's more than 
you know, kind of being, think, you know, feeling like oh, I might be ready for the next thing or this job isn't really suiting me anymore. When you're burned out, you it means that every day is a bad day. You know, it's a, it's a kind of a, a joke or a meme that goes around, you know, of Sunday being that doom and gloom of, oh, I've got to work, go to work today. When you're burned out, that is a legit situation where you really, it's impacting your life because you're dreading going to work. You know, the statistic is that more heart attacks happen on Monday morning than any other time because people are so upset about having to go back to work on Monday morning. When you find that you can't muster up the empathy to deal with people at work or that you just don't care about whether or not your work is up to the regular standards that you have held for yourself for a long time, or you're just checking the boxes, or you start to have that hopeless feeling of, it doesn't matter. Nothing ever changes. I just, I just come, I do my work, I get my paycheck, go home. Yeah, you, you've touched on a lot of things, uh, Heather. You know, some of the warning signs of employee burnout are employees who expect too much of themselves. And then when they can't perform, then they feel inadequate. They feel like they're not good enough. Um, and, and a lot of what causes that, too, is when the employer gives them too much work, they just keep piling it on top of, you know, one project, one deadline on top of the other. And one of the reasons I think that it has grown so much was so bad during the recession, and that's when I got hired during the recession because the stress was so great for the employees, and it's happening now again because of COVID, is when there are financial issues going on in the country and businesses are trying to cut back, they either lay people off, which is extremely stressful, and you don't know if you're going to be next, or they don't hire, they don't fill positions. And what happens is somebody's got to do that work. Mm-hmm. And this is where I've seen it when it's the worst, when one person has to take on two jobs, they're not getting paid anymore for it. And a lot of times, and I hear this all the time, they gave me something to do that I've never done before. I have no idea what I'm doing, but all of a sudden this is a job and it's a full-time job along mm-hmm. with my other job, and they are absolutely overwhelmed. And you're right. Hopelessness, I think, is one of the biggest things that you'll see with employee burnout. They just think it's impossible, so why should I even try? Mm-hmm. And they're going to make a lot of mistakes because they, they're exhausted, they're fatigued, they're not focused, they're not engaged. And then the more the mistakes they make, the, the more success. inadequate they feel. Yeah. So it's kind of a vicious cycle. I was in a job once where I was told that I had the curse of the competent. Have you heard about the curse of the competent? No, I've never heard of it. <laughs> it is it is the wonderful cycle, I'm being sarcastic, the not wonderful cycle that you get yourself in when you do a good job at something. And then somebody says, oh, well, Heather was really good at that. So you, she can do this too. And then she can do this. And then the reward that you get for doing a good job on something is you get to do even more work. And it's a, it's, it's a compliment to, you know, and it's nice to be recognized for doing, having done a good job. Um, but then it can turn into a curse when you start feeling like, okay, I can't keep up with this and, and I need help and not feeling like you can ask for it because the expectation is so high. And, and, you know, that's another thing that, um, employers a lot of times they don't give people the tools they need to work with they don't give them the technology that they need or they don't give them the equipment that they need you know I've, I remember sitting out a meeting one time and listening to somebody you know it was a blue collar worker said that there were tools they had to have to do their job and <laughs> there wasn't money in the budget so 
how do you do that job? You know, and the same thing would be if you're overwhelmed, you should have some kind of assistance or help. And, you know, that falls on deaf ears a lot of times with employers, just like, you know, just figure it out, get it done. But, um, no, I never heard of that before. <laughs> but it makes you not want to do such a good job, so the expectation is not so high, right? Well, you know, I have found this is one way that I knew that I was in a burnout situation is I did notice that I stopped raising my hand and, and volunteering to be part of projects because I, I, I ended up doing all of the work and I couldn't keep up and it took the fun away. And, you know, and that can, while it's great to have somebody on the team who is really competent and can get things done, um, you know, too much of a good thing is still too much. Yeah, and it's tough, you know, to say no to your boss. No, I don't want to do that. Uh, As women, we hear that we need to learn to say no more. And I think that that is part of maybe avoiding burnout is in our personal lives. If you're the kind of person that wants to do everything and does it well at work, that same thing's going to roll over into your personal life. You're going to get to be the mother that the school has to do everything, or you're going to get to be the soccer mom that puts mm-hmm. on the, all of that stuff. And so learning to say no is important. And sometimes when we're stuck in a situation work-wise, we really do need to pull back on the personal stuff so that we're not so overloaded in both areas of our lives, you know, and, I was reading today that, you know, there really is no such thing as work-life balance. It's not going to be that way all the time. Sometimes you're more in demand at work. Sometimes you have issues that are personal that you can't help, and you have to learn to say no or to find ways to manage your professional life if your personal life is the thing pulling on you and vice versa. So a lot of it, you know, I think is um, us trying to be aware. Obviously, Mm -hmm. we're not always going to be able to control the situation, um, but we certainly need to be aware of what is going on and where we're feeling the stress the most and then seeing where we can address it. And that's why, you know, we talk about psychological safety in the workplace. And part of that is being able to speak out, being able to speak up, being able to make mistakes, being able to say, can we have a honest, critical conversation about this without being punished, without being, you know, labeled as being the troublemaker or don't, the one that isn't going to do things. So uh, it's, it's a short list, but it's not an easy one necessarily. And taking care of yourself in at home, in your life and at work, it can be a complicated puzzle. We're going to get into what the different pieces are when we come back. This is Healthy Heather. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. I'll be right back with my guest, Mary Barley. Thank you to my sponsor, AK Social Strategies, a locally and woman-owned business that provides social media and email marketing for small businesses. Every client feels the love when their social media is curated thoughtfully and personally. With purpose and intention, social media is a business must have, but it's time-consuming and ever-changing. Let AK Social Strategies take the wheel. Find them on Facebook. Just search for AK Social Strategies. For once in my life, I have someone who needs me. Someone I've needed so long. For once unafraid. Once in your life, you've got somebody who needs you, and it's you. You need you. This is Coach Healthy Heather. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. I'm here with my friend Mary Barley. Mary and I are talking about employee burnout. 
Mary knows all about it because she is the employee well-being coordinator for Leon County government. And we've been working together for a long time, helping to make Tallahassee's workplaces healthier. Now, in our last segment, we talked about what burnout is and how it happens and and started touching on some of the ways that we can start to solve this problem. But I want to tell you about ways that you can tell whether burnout is happening in your life. Because here's the thing, your body talks to you. Did you know your body gives you signals and signs of what type of care it needs. And there are three ways that your body will talk to you. It'll talk to you physically. You will feel things and notice things happening in your physical body. It'll talk to you emotionally. You'll notice how you feel. Your feelings will be different. And it'll talk to you behaviorally. You'll start doing things differently. Some of the physical signs of burnout is feeling tired. And I don't mean just like it's been a long day. I mean drained. Just cannot get your energy up. You've got frequent headaches, muscle aches. You might notice a change in your appetite or your sleep habits. And you might notice that you get sick more often. Your immunity is lower because your body just can't keep up with the strain that you're putting on it. You might notice some emotional signs. You might notice A constant feeling of failure or self-doubt or helplessness. You might feel trapped, like there's just no way that you can get out of the situation that you're in. Detachment, feeling alone, not having the motivation that you used to have, not feeling a sense of accomplishment with your work, but feeling like you'll never catch up. Behavioral signs. You might notice these things happening in your life if you're withdrawing from responsibilities. You just don't care as much if the work gets done well. You might notice that you're not participating in interactive events with work. You might notice that you're procrastinating. You might notice that you're drinking or smoking more, eating emotionally. You might even notice that you're calling in sick more often. If you know these things are happening in your life, you might be experiencing burnout at work. And it might feel like you're trapped and there's no way that you can crawl your way out of this into a better situation, but there is a way. Mary, tell me about why this is a problem at work. And specifically, I'm thinking about employers. I'm putting myself in the shoes of the boss, of the manager who says, yeah, I know. I know we don't have time. I know that I had to lay people off. It's a, it's a recession. It's a pandemic. I can't get people to work. We've got fewer people, but we still have all of the work. I don't know what I can do. I mean, I, what am I supposed to do? Well, you know, there are some really simple things uh, because all employers are having to face that. They had to face it, you know, in the recession. They have to face it when times are tough for them, per, you know, in their own businesses for whatever reason. They've had to face it in COVID. Uh, so there are some really simple things that the employer can make sure the employee knows that they can do, but I will also tell you that the employee has to do them. Yes. If they have permission, and it's a two-way street because I know even um, in the county where I work, some supervisors are much more supportive about people going out and taking a walk, you know, for 10 or 15 minutes where others may not be as open to doing that. 
So there are some of the simple things is you have to understand that what you're really managing is not your time, but your energy. Mm-hmm. And you do two things with your energy. You deplete it and you renew it. So if you're working really, really hard for an hour and a half, you need to stop and take a little break. And they have discovered that for every people who take breaks every 90 minutes, and this doesn't mean for a half an hour, but even if you take five minutes, get up, go walk outside for a minute, go down the hall and talk to somebody. Even they have found that sometimes to look at your Facebook page, anything that takes your, gives you a break, that those people that do that have a 30% higher focus. So when they come back to work, they're going to feel better personally. They're going to perform better. That's a tip that I share with people a lot. Sit for 60, move for three. Yes. And put a timer that tells you it's time to get up. Yeah. It's just like, you know, your Apple Watch telling you Uh just to stop and breathe for every hour. And I will tell you the other thing, and I don't understand why people don't do this, but take your lunch break Mm -hmm. or at least take part of it. But I see people that sit, it seems like I see it in IT a lot. They get really into doing their project or working on something and they just work right through lunch. They don't even eat sometimes, or if they eat, they eat at their desk. So just remember, you deplete energy, you've got to renew that energy, you know, don't work late every single night. You might have to sometimes, but honor your, your time, you know, of when you go and when you come. And, the, again, the employer has to support that. He can't expect you to be there till midnight every night. He can't expect you to work through lunch every day. The second thing is that the employer needs to meet their empo- employees' emotional needs. And how can they do that? Just by showing them appreciation. Say thank you. Say good job. Write a thank you note. Praise them in a staff meeting. You know, if they've done something really special, let everybody know about it. People say that they will leave because of not feeling appreciated quicker than they will leave for low wages. Um, you know, in uh, uh, where I work, we have Inspiration and Innovation Awards, and you get rewarded with cash. You know, it may not be a lot if you don't have a lot, but even if it's just recognition, if you've done something special, you get called out, you get recognized for it. And practice the golden rule. Do unto them as you would like, you know, to be treated. Then you've got to try to help them stay focused by not giving them unrealistic time frames to get something done. So, again, if there's a project and there's a tight time frame on it, tight time frame on it, ask them, say, this is when we need it done. Do you think you can get it done? If not, ask them when they can or what do you need to get this done at that time. So help them stay focused and limit their workload. The other thing that's really important is having a purpose, you know, that aligns with your employees, letting them know what it is, you know, motiv- motivating them to buy into it. And I'll never forget reading about um, – you know, at nine eleven, when one of those big companies at the top of the building lost like 90% of their workforce and the 10% that came back worked like crazy under the worst circumstances possible because I think every bit of money they were making, they were giving a percent, certain percentage back to all the families that lost their lives. And so they were motivated, you know, to work under the worst possible circumstances because they had a strong purpose And, of course, creating that psychological safety in the workplace where people feel like they can make a mistake and not get beat up for it. They can speak up if they feel like they see something that's not, you know, fair and that, you know, they can have a voice in what's being decided. So those are simple things that don't take money that the employer can do. But, again, the employee also has to participate. It's not a one-way street. Well, you're right. Those are simple things that don't take money. And, you know, I I think that – 
I hear sometimes from employers who are frustrated um, by not being able to create that that balance for people at work and say, I don't, I'm not here to affirm you. I am not here to, to um, help you with your emotional needs. You're here to do a job and I pay you for that job. And that is the only relationship that we have. And I get it. I get that. But I have to say, <laughs> you are missing out. If that's your perspective, I, I think that you are missing out because the organizations that thrive have a different perspective. And thankfully, there's coaches and organizations in town that can help organizations with changing that mindset from one of scarcity of we don't have enough and we have to work harder to one of abundance of we have everything on our team to be able to accomplish the work that we have when it's well prioritized and that we are not trying to put out every fire but that we're really focused on what is realistic amount of work for our team to get done. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. A little bit of appreciation goes a long way. It does. And the other thing is giving, you know, employees autonomy. That's so important. Nobody wants to be micromanaged and everybody wants to have a voice in trying to make things better. They don't want to be told what to do all the time. They want to be able to share their, their ideas and have them appreciated and have them considered at least that's really, really important in the workplace, too. You know, when we first started working together in employee well-being, it used to be that wellness programs were focused on reducing health care costs. And everybody thought this is going to be a great way to make business cheaper if everybody gets healthy. And as we've learned through the course of, what, the past 15 years that we've been working in employee well-being, um, you have to actually care about people. You have to actually care about the people that you work with. And if you don't start there, uh, you're going to be real frustrated real soon. That is exactly what it's about. And, you know, when we started, and I know you remember this, it was all about return on investment. And it, first of all, that's kind of hard to prove, really. <laughs> Second of all, if you do find out a way to do it, you're going to spend as much money on proving it as you did on what you saved. But the bottom line is it's the right thing to do because it shows your employees you care about them. And even if they're not taking advantage of the things you offer sometimes, the fact that you're offering still goes a long it way. It goes a long way. Well, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about the difference between stress and burnout. They seem like the same thing, but they're not. And then we've got a really fun opportunity for you coming up soon that is going to be the perfect antidote to your burnout. It's Coach Healthy Heather. Heather solves everything. Stay with us. Hey, guys. It's Healthy Heather. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. This is the show where we tap into your intrinsic strengths to solve the everyday problems of life. And I need your help. If you've got a problem that needs solving, let me know. It just might make it to the show. Go to CoachHealthyHeather.com and click on Solve My Problems. Submit your idea, send it to me, and you never know. It might end up being on an episode of Heather Solves Everything. If you've been stressed out, if you've been burned out, you come to the right place. This is Heather Solves Everything. 
for solving problems. This is Coach Healthy Heather. I'm here with my friend Mary Barley, and we are talking about burnout and what to do if you're burned out. What to do if your employees are burned out and you still need them to do stuff. Well, guess what, guys? Sometimes when you're burned out, we think that we're just stressed out. But I'm here to tell you, stress and burnout are two different things. Stress and burnout seem like they are the same, but they're actually different. And I'm going to tell you the difference between them. Stress characterized by over-engagement, doing all the things, trying to show up and get everything done is going to lead to stress. When you're burned out, though, you're checked out. You're disengaged. You're not participating. When you're stressed, your emotions are usually overreactive. Have you ever noticed that when you're stressed out, you just snap at people? When you're burned out, your emotions are dull. You don't care. You cannot care about one more thing. Stress is urgent. It can even be hyper. Burnout feels helpless. There's no urgency. It doesn't matter. Stress has a loss of energy and burnout has a loss of motivation. Stress can lead to anxiety. Burnout leads to depression. A lot of times with stress, the primary damage is physical to your body. Your muscles are tense. You might even work yourself to the point where you're physically sick. Whereas with burnout, the primary damage is emotional. You just can't care anymore. Stress could kill you. I mean, it really could. The cardiovascular effect of too much stress can kill you. Burnout is more likely to just make it seem like life isn't worth living and that you just can't do it anymore. I really, really hope that that's not happening for you. And if it is, that you'll reach out and get help. There is help. And one of the places that tries to help is an organization called Working Well. If you have not heard of Working Well at your workplace, look us up. Mary, what's our website? (laughs) workingwelltoday.org. When you go there, you'll find out that there is a whole community of people who are focused and dedicated to creating healthy workplaces in Tallahassee. Working Well has events throughout the year that get people together in positive ways to um, not only teach us how to utilize these strategies and techniques, but how to make the physical places that we work more conducive to healthy living as well. And there's a fun event coming up in October that you and your coworkers can participate in to bust through the rut and the burnout and the stress and to just have some fun. It's called the Corporate Cup Challenge, and it's coming up on October the 9th. Mary, tell us about the Corporate Cup Challenge. This is actually our 13th crazy Corporate Cup Challenge. I know, I can't believe it. And we created it because uh, part of our mission is to bring information, education, resources, and events that would help improve the uh, health and well-being of our workforce. And so we wanted to do something that was fun, that brought companies together, that created team building, that got people to, you know, be physical, whether it was on a real competitive level or on a beginner's level. And so 13 years ago, we started the Corporate Cup Challenge, and we wanted to do something different than just a race. And uh, just whether it was a running race or a bike race. And at the time, we didn't have the, 
what do you call it? Mud, muddy buddies or all oh, those yeah. amazing race, all these other things. So we were kind of new to doing a multitask event. We were trendsetters. So, we yeah. had the idea. We just didn't know what it was called. <laughs> exactly. So we put together teams of four, and um, we encourage you to put it together from your workforce. You can bring your spouses on because one of the things is if a company is insuring dependents, that's 60% of their health care costs. So we're more than happy for you to bring your spouse out, your child out, if they're old enough to bite, run, whatever, and create a team. And one leg is running, one leg is biking, one leg is kayaking, and one leg, leg is strength and endurance or agility. So that person does bench press, they do jump rope, and they do sit-ups. And then we score the team as a unit, and the team with the most points wins. The other thing that we do is we realize that everybody doesn't want to get physical. So we wanted to do something. And I think actually Heather came up with this idea for the Office Olympics because if you paid any attention to her show, you see she's got quite a sense of humor and she's got a little zany personality. So she came up with the Office Olympics and it's been one of the most fun things uh, that we do out there. So that's teams of two. And we come up with just silly little things, four or five activities, and the teams compete against each other for that. Uh, and that's become a real hit out there. We have because we encourage people to bring their coworkers and their family and their friends and their pets. We try to have things for the kids to do out there, and we even have a spirit award. So the person that brings the most people to cheer them on and bring spirit to their company and to their team also uh, gets an award. So it's been a really fun thing. I will tell you, we have been so blessed. We've never had a bad day. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. We did it for years at Tom Brown Park, and we recently moved it to McClay just so you could see the kayak portion at the same time, and it just was gorgeous out there when we did it. But it's really about team building. It's about trying to help people understand that you can still have fun with your coworkers. Everything doesn't have to be so serious. It's been wonderful to see the CEOs competing right along with the employees and being just as competitive and just as excited about it. I'll never forget um, one year when we had uh, several teams, actually, from TSC. Of course, they're real competitive anyway. And one of the really popular doctors out there had an operation at 9 o'clock in the morning. And so he ran out there, and he was the first one to do strength and conditioning. And then he zipped to the OR and, and had his surgery at 9 o'clock. So <laughs> it has just been wonderful. And even if the senior leaders don't compete, and usually some of them, a lot of them do, uh, they're out there cheering their teams on. And it's just a wonderful experience, and it's a way for people to, uh, like in the county, we have 1,700 people. You don't even know who anybody is half the time, but you could put a team together, you know, that people are meeting each other for the first time ever, and they get to practice together ahead of time and work out together and um, and then go compete. And so it brings, you know, the organization together in a different way with a lot of fun. It's so much fun to see people, um, you know, out just kind of doing something a little bit different out of the ordinary together with their workmates. And not only is is October one of the most beautiful times to be in Tallahassee, um, to be there on the banks of uh, Lake Hall at McClay Gardens, um, it is a it's an easy event to distance yourself from others while also enjoying um, all, of, all of the activities that are happening. And um, when you put your team together, you've got to decide who's going to run the 5K, who's going to bike the 10K, who's going to kayak. I think it's one mile? No, it's a quarter of a mile, and the bike's only 5.4. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> and then who's going to do strength and agility? And and y'all get together and train. And we even have some um, fitness centers in town that are um, available to help your team train and get ready. So this is the time to sign up and then mark it on your calendar. You've got about eight weeks to go to get ready for it. That's plenty of time. And then bring everybody from work. Um, to do the Office Olympics and cheer you on. It's a wonderful Saturday morning at the park, and it's going to be great for your team. Yes. And the other signature event that Working Well has every year is the Working Well Breakfast, and that's a much more um, serious uh, event where everybody gets dressed up and comes, and we have uh, a speaker that we vet to be one of the trendsetters in the country on topics like uh, crucial conversations, crucial accountability, psychological safety in the workplace. And the purpose of that is to bring you the most up-to-date research, trends, and best practices in worksite wellness. So um, we are very proud of both of those events. But if you really want to have fun and get your workforce engaged, even if they're just coming out to be cheerleaders, the Corporate Cup Challenge is the one to, to do. So check out workingwelltoday.org. Correct. And that is where you will see how to form your team. You'll see the race courses so you can go out and practice and then rally the troops, get everyone out. And if you win, you get a giant trophy to bring back to work. There have definitely been some friendly rivalries between medical offices, law offices, CPA firms who are battling it out to see which team has the fittest workers. Yeah, and then there are also other categories. We do uh, a co-ed team winner, an all-male uh, uh, team winner, all-female, and then we award the men and women in each of those categories that had the best time. So there's a lot of opportunities to get recognition. All right, guys. So if you know that burn- burnout and stress is something that is affecting your workforce, look up the Corporate Cup Challenge. It's going to be one way to get everybody moving and laughing together. It could be the first step towards a new team. Stay with us. We'll be right back. We're going to get a little coachy on you with some ways that you can reduce burnout in your personal life. It's Coach Healthy Heather. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Healthy Heather from Heather Solves Everything. I want to thank my sponsor, Kylene and Ryan Studios, a local husband and wife photography team who specialize in weddings and portraits of all kinds. Whatever special event you have coming up, they're your photographers for life. With a combined 32 years of professional photography experience, their unique perspectives shine through in every image you see. Find out more at KyleenAndRyan.com. That's KyleenAndRyan.com. It doesn't take much. It could take less than you think to make yourself happy, vibrant, energetic, no longer suffering from stress and burnout. Stay with me. We are back. It is Coach Healthy, Heather. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. I'm here with my friend Mary Barley, and we're talking about employee well-being. Specifically, we're talking about burnout. Now, if you've been listening to the show, you have learned what burnout is, 
how to know that burnout is happening in your life. You've learned the difference between being stressed and being burned out. And you've even learned how you can create a workplace and an environment and a culture for your employees so that this does not happen to your organization. And now we're going to shift into talking about you specifically. We're going to talk about ways that you can change your situation to undo burnout or even prevent burnout from happening in the first place. Y'all know what that means. I'm going to get a little coachy on you. So here's the thing, guys. We know that stress is inevitable. We know that burnout is going to happen. And so trying to um, or waiting for it to happen and then fixing it, uh, I don't recommend it. Instead, what I want to help you do is create an environment where you can roll with the punches. You can even prevent it from taking as big of a hold in your life as it could if you did not have skills of resilience. You've probably heard about resilience before. It's not a new concept. Resilience is like being that rubber band that stretches out, and when you let it go, it springs right back into its rubber band shape. But have you ever had a rubber band that's really old and crunchy, and you stretch it out, and it doesn't go back, or it breaks and crumbles in your hands? Yeah, it's lost its stretchiness because it did not practice resilience. I'm going to have four ways that you can cultivate resilience in your life. But before we jump into those, I want to hear from my friend Mary Barley, who always knows all the answers when it comes to resilience because she is the employee well-being coordinator for this Leon County government. Tell us a little bit, what is resilience and how? why do we need it? Well, it's, resilience is, a, is about managing your energy again as much as anything and building capacity. And when you give us those four things, that's going to help us build the capacity to bounce back from the stress that, like you said, is inevitable. So um, there are kind of four different areas that happen whenever you have an extremely stressful situation come up. Many times we talk about good stress motivates us, you know, gets us excited about doing something so all of a sudden, and, and let me just use um, COVID as an example of this. Uh, when, when we all got sent home and we were all realized what was happening, we were all pretty nervous about what that might mean for our jobs and how we were going to be evaluated, you know, about whether we were doing a good job at home and all that. So a lot of us, you know, embraced that stressful situation and said, oh, boy, you know, I'm going to really you know, prove how good I am and that they need, still need me and that I can still get my job done, you know, being working from home or whatever. So that first stage, you embrace the challenge and, you, and stress actually improves your performance sometimes. Then the second stage is kind of going through a period of maximum efficiency. You actually kind of get better. You figure it out and you're really performing well and everything's good. But then, you know, you're sitting at home, you're all alone, you got kids, you're trying to... <laughs> help them get through school you're trying to uh, survive without being able to get out as much as you used to and so you might start going through a hyper reactive stage with your job at this point you're starting to maybe make mistakes you've got too much going on you can't pay attention you're starting to get overwhelmed and you're starting to not care because you just don't know how to manage it all and then the fourth stage is emotional exhaustion and if you this is the place where you can either 
go all the way down into depression, PTSD, suicide, burnout, the worst of the worst, because you absolutely aren't finding ways to manage that stress, or you can use skills and tools and techniques in that emotional exhaustion stage where you're still going to have some emotional exhaustion, but you're not going to burn out. So that's what Heather's going to share with you is how you manage these because it's going to happen in your life. There's no way it's not. It's going to happen in your job. And you have to have some tools and techniques to help you bounce back and be resilient so that you can stay in that place until things get better. Yes, absolutely. There is a link between stress, resilience, and performance. And you're right. Sometimes stress is the ultimate motivator, you know, and you, you rise to the occasion and you say, let's get it done. Let's team up. And then um, when it's unchecked and we continue to push and push and push, you know, our bodies can only do so much. And, and then it does start to affect our performance at work and in life. And so, guys, if you wonder whether or not you um, are a resilient person, guess what? It's something that you can learn. Some people are born with more resilience than others, but it's something that can be cultivated and learned. And one of the ways is to practice acceptance of what you can actually influence during the course of the day. You know, and, and the word practice is the action word there because it's something that we do show up and attempt every day. Practice acceptance. And what that means is recognizing when a circumstance or a situation is not ideal, being able to accept that it is happening, it has happening, and that it will pass. And then identifying what can I actually influence this in this situation. Many times it's your response. It's, it, it could be taking a moment for some breathing. It can be taking a moment for some reflection. You know, it could be going outside for some fresh air so that you can collect your thoughts and respond in a way that's going to be productive and helpful. Practicing acceptance of what's happened in the past, knowing that you can develop the skills and strategies to create different outcomes in the future. Also, resilience can be cultivated when you invest in self-care, invest in yourself. Now, that doesn't mean a spa day. It doesn't mean a massage. It means knowing what helps you thrive and making time for that in your life. And for some people, this is exercise. Exercise is one of the first things to get taken off of, off of the schedule because we think that um, it takes too much time. But the benefits from exercise are usually so helpful for resilience that uh, we, it makes us feel worse. And I know people who consider exercise to be their personal reward. It's their personal time. Investing in um, having time with friends. Investing in you know, food that makes you feel your best. Investing in your lunch hour, a vacation. It doesn't have to be expensive, but it's something that you take for your own self-care because it renews you. Looking for meaning and purpose in your life outside of work. I'm talking about hobbies. I'm talking about connections. I'm talking about your spiritual life. If you have a church family, if you like to volunteer, if there's just a funny TV show that always makes you feel better, taking time to cultivate that and, and have something outside of work that brings you joy. And it's really helpful when that is something that connects to your personal values. If you can find a way that helps you connect with others in a, in a helpful way, um, like volunteering as a dog walker, you know, singing in your church choir, 
you know, helping with your, um, your PTA or your neighborhood association, just connecting with others and being helpful where you can. It can cannot help us ignite a meaning and purpose in our lives that can heal things that are going on that aren't ideal. And finally, know yourself. Know what revives you. It does not have to work for anybody but you. But if you know that a good night's sleep cures everything, if you know that a yoga class makes everything better, if you know that calling that one person on the phone and laughing about old times always gives you energy, do it and make time for it. Having that network of people that can support you and that you can support helps you to develop that resilience that's going to let you bounce back up every time you fall down. Mary, thank you so much for being here today. This has been a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to be around you, Heather, because you're so energizing and you're so much fun to be with. But this was a great topic and one that really needs to be addressed. So I hope a lot of people are tuning in and will share it, you know, on the podcast with others. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. It's always fun to hang out with Mary Barley. Well, guys, we are out of time for today, but tune in next week right here on Real Talk 93.3 at 1 p.m. for a new episode of Heather Solves Everything. I'm Coach Healthy Heather, and I'm always here to help you solve everything. Status confirmed. This problem is solved. Well, that's it for this week, guys. We did it. We solved another problem with a little help from our friends. You can be a superhero, too. Check us out online. That's where all the information is about how you can jump in and start solving everything. Heather solves everything with a little help from everyday heroes.